Looks like we're on. We're on. Bust Bust up out the back, Spider! (laughs) You little ripper. Well, Herbert, um, my voice is going because I'm getting so excited. You I've are been yelling and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but we we love chatting to people all around the world. Yeah. And it, it's fascinating when you go, okay, where do people fish? Where don't they? I reckon a lot of these places we've chatted to, a lot of people would have thought, no way known there's fishing there. Nah. We've got Rob up next, and I can't believe where we're going to yeah. talk to him about fishing. Well, let's find out. Rob, uh, Rob Hellier, what, whereabouts are you? Where, where do you fish? And then we'll get into what you fish for. Because, again, this is a place where I don't think too many people will go. No. You know what? We'll say, this is a bucket list uh, a place to go. Rob, whereabouts Definitely. are you? I'm in I'm in Kenya on the Kenya coast, a, a little um, well, it was a small village called Watamu, just um, just south of uh, Malindi, north of Mombasa. Um, the town is growing quite quite rapidly, um, a, a lot due to our to our fishing. Um, I think we're we're very very lucky here. We we have quite a long season fishing for fishing for different stuff. So we sort of start start in August and and finish. We're finishing quite soon. We finish generally just after Easter. The monsoon changes, gets a bit rough and windy and rainy. Um, we sort of we start our season fishing generally with sort of smaller live baits, fishing for for kingies and and uh, GTs, uh, and uh, there's always the you know the odd sailfish, the odd marlin around, blacks on the on the inside, generally quite small blacks, sort of up to up to about 100 kilos. Yeah, I mean, Rob, I've been looking at where you're based and uh, you've got an elaborate reef system just offshore that runs about 80 kilometres sort of a bit north and, and a lot south of you guys. You've got an island to the southeast. I think that's, uh, is that pa- pa- Palma Island or something like that? There's pe- Pem- Pemba, yeah. That's, Pemba, yeah, that's in our Tanzania waters. But we, we, do fish, we do fish slightly north of there. There's a channel there called the Pemba Channel, which, is, which has often got some great, Marlin fishing, sort of uh, late December, January, February, March. Yeah, it's, and we we, yeah, we venture down there every so often. And it's fascinating, you know. You're on pretty much the same lateral line as we are. You probably didn't know that, Spider. No, Herb, I tell you what, <laughs> Rob, you won't know. Herb's done some homework. He, oh yeah, he's never heard of half of these places <laughs> ever. <laughs> he's, never, he's never been out of Australia, and <laughs> only last year he left uh, Queensland on the Gold Coast to go to Melbourne for the first time. So. This is yeah. like he's like reading an encyclopedia. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, that's good. <laughs> what, what, are, what are you about three degrees? We're about three degrees, three and a half degrees south here. Yeah, it's, we're we're close to that. I think I'm not quite sure, but I had a look along the map on the Google Wikipedia or whatever it's called, <laughs> and you're very close to our line, and hence why you're getting blacks. You get dolphin fish. You get wahoo. Is that correct? You get some nice wahoo down there. Yeah, correct, yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah, you've got yeah, pretty much the same sort of time as what we run our Blacks Wahoo, our pelagic season, and then, of course, into the winter you do your, yeah. your, your reef sort of bottom bouncing. But you have a fabulous reef system there, diving, spear fishing. I mean, and it's a pretty deep drop-off to the side of that. So what's your biggest blacks that you get there, big black marlin, like off the coast of Cairns? We get them over a 1,000 pounds and... Uh, I'm just looking yeah. at, at the reef system you got. I'm surely you, you get some bigger ones down there. I mean, my my biggest black unfortunately died on us, and we had to we had to keep it. It, it swallowed a, a yellowfin. It was eight sixty. Eight sixty. But uh, there's been it's a big eight eight hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, yeah, it's a big yeah. fit. Nelly the grander. 
Uh, yeah, we need one. There's, there's <laughs> been a few. There's been a few lost here, but none none landed. There's been two blues over a thousand. Wow. Um, but 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 no blacks. Yeah. Do you, do, uh, when you go out and uh, people go out with you, do you only go actually fishing? Do you go spear fishing? Do you do diving? Unfortunately, spear fishing is, has been banned in this country. Yep. I, I don't really know why they sort of it was a, they called it a firearm. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, as a, as a kid, I used to do it. I used to do a lot, and you know, with a bunch of mates, and it was it was great fun off our reefs here. We used to we used to shoot a lot. It was it was really really good. Yeah, I mean, spearfishing, I think, is one of them sports. You've got to have a, a massive set of kahunas to do it because I don't know if you've got shark problems over there, but we've got them over here. So, you know, if you're going down there, you want to have eyes in the back of your head and a massive set of kahunas to do it. But the good thing about spearfishing, and I'm surprised that they ban it there, is it's selective. You can go down and it, pick it, the yeah, fish it, you like. Yeah, exactly, and and a lot of it is just to go and see the the system down there and just how how amazing it all is. You know, you don't necessarily have to shoot anything; it's just all all good fun. What yeah. about um, you know, and Herb loves uh, outside. What about do you have any uh, in you know lake systems around there that you operate through, or it's all just deep sea? It, it's all it's all deep sea. We've got some inshore stuff, um, especially a little bit further north where we go popping for for GTs. Um, and you know all the other sort of reef fish, but the GT fishing up up north is is pretty is pretty awesome. You get some get some quite quite big fish. You know sort of um, you know fish fish sort of up to and over over a hundred pounds. Did you um wow. did you grow up in Kenya? What made you decide to to fish around Kenya? Like and and give us yeah, an insight no, I was into. Booked. Born and bred in a little sort of coastal town with. Uh, not too much else to do. So I was fishing from, you know, my grandfather had a boat. So I was fishing from, you know, as long as I could see over the back of the boat, then I was on the boat. Yeah, what about um, Kenya itself? You know, that, that part you're talking about, you've got a couple of little villages um, for people to come and stay, you know, and, and fish. What can they expect? Sorry, sorry say that again? <laughs> You know, when you look at, um, you know, Kenya, um, you know, the couple of little villages spoke about, Herb spoke yep. about one, uh, one as well, places where you fish out of. What, what's there for people yep. to do and, you know, what can people expect? Because I'd love to come and see it. Yeah, I mean, the, the Kenya, is, as all our little towns are growing massively, they've all sort of double, tripled in size since I was, since I was young. Um, but it's all, it, you know, the people here, everyone's very, very... Very pleasant, um, just really, really easy going. Um, even you know the locals that have that have lived here all their all their lives are all still around. Um, even out even out on the ocean, everybody helps everyone. It's, it's a great great community out here. You're right, Robert, and I've been looking at it a bit now. I thought Kenya was inland; it was in the desert, whatever. That's how much I know about the place. I did yeah. not know; I had no idea. But when I've started googling into yeah. this, some of the the beaches and the reef systems—they're picturesque. It's beautiful, and I never ever thought it. But I, I want to mention when you said everyone's really nice to you out in the water. Do you have any problem with the old ah, the old pirates? Because the Somalia ain't that far north here, and apparently that's the pirate capital of the world. <laughs> Do you have any problems? No, we've never we've never had a problem. I mean, yes, a, a few years ago they were there, and we were, we were aware of it. And to tell the truth, we did see the odd the odd little boat, uh, boat that had broken down that was drifting back. 
And uh, they hit, most of them hit shore here on, on Kenya, and they were actually not bad people. You know, I think they just had a, a very difficult upbringing, and there was only one, one way of life for them, and that was to try and make some money in piracy. But um, that all seems to have stopped now. We haven't heard of any of it going on now for, for a number of years. I suppose the one good thing, if they ever did board, you give someone a fish and he's going to go home and feed the family. He's a happy chappy. He's not going to rob you. He's, he's a dolphin fish, mate. Have a good day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. See you later. So that's probably one good thing, I suppose. But I mean... I think they'd be happy with that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had a look at a few of your, your videos and that. You're fishing out of a... What, what sort of boat do you fish out of? It's a big flybridge thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're out there, you're towing your usual spread of lures, you do a bit of live baiting, 100-pound GT spider. Like, we get them on the Great Barrier Reef, and I thought the Great Barrier Reef, the Pacific Ocean, maybe that this uh, Western Australia would hold them fish, but they're everywhere. Like, look, they're getting them, you know, in Kenya. I know. I'm excited. I'm a little excited. <laughs> what um can I can we ask when you go out um you know what can people expect what do do you you know tailor may a, a charter to them do you head out to what you think's going to be best um do you take a group of people how does it how does it kind of all work Yeah, the, the boat is booked by by an individual, and if they come on their own, or if they come with a family of sort of you know up to up to four people, five people maximum. Um, and then a lot of our, like our busy time is, is probably our marlin time is January, February, March. And, and, you know, I think where we're so lucky here in, in Kenya is, is you can, it's not, it's not uncommon to get a, you know, to get a grand slam, to get a sail and, and a couple of different species of marlin, you know, stripes, either black or blue. Wow. There's not very many places in the world oh, yeah, you can say you can do that. I mean, no. So I think Kenya, Kenya is, is one of the, one wow. of the only places where you can get a, a fancy slam, you know, so blue, black, stripy sail and a, and a sword. Wow, and in a, a 24-hour well. span. So I think it's been done in Kenya. I think it's been done at least three times. Wow, um, grand we, slam. We, we've been we've been lucky. We've been lucky enough to have one, and then a couple of mates have had have had a couple, and then certainly quite a few super grand slams. You know, four four different. Yeah, what? Herbert, Herbert, look at him. He's starting. He, he's starting. Well he's got. He's, he's shed a tear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's he's crazy. Going like well, <laughs> over here, we, we get our blacks and blues and stripes. Not a lot of sales. Probably more up north. But um, yeah, I don't think I've ever yeah. heard of anyone going out getting a sale, a black and a blue in one day. Like it's just unheard That's of. That's just showing off. It is a little bit of showing off, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Only in Kenya, see. <laughs> Rob's on the market. He That's knows what's right. going on. But um, so yeah, that's great. So you, you individual charters out to people. I mean, what's what better is going for a holiday somewhere and taking one day out to go on a charter? Oh, can't be. There's nothing, nothing better. better. There's no. nothing better. What about? I've got to ask you, Rob. Though, if um, you know, they catch the fish, um, I'm tipping that uh, there'd be a few special ways you're able to cook it when you get back to Ooh. shore. Yeah, so we we've got a where where we work out of there's a, a a little hotel there called Ocean Sports, and um, we generally if we if some, some when it's when it's flat calm we keep a little gas cooker on board, so it's like a um, a Dorado or something like that. We'll just we'll just cook up for lunch. Yeah, on the, on the boat. <laughs> oh, um, like it. Otherwise, yeah, we get back to the hotel and they and they prepare it for us for, for dinner. And, uh, oh. Yeah, no, it's great. How would they serve it up? What's your favourite? Which is the best way? Yeah. What's your best fish? The way it's bestly cooked. 
So for me, uh, like Dorado, just, you know, when it's fresh like that, it's just got to be as plain as possible. Yes. Um, just grilled. Um, maybe with a bit of garlic butter. <laughs> That's what goes in there. Um, so does this... But, uh, and then... Uh, sorry. Yeah, you're all right. Keep going. No, then obviously like tuna, you know, just, just seared, seared tuna fresh. Oh, um, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I like a steamboat myself. A little bit of fish, a little bit of coconut cream, a little bit of curry even, just in a bit yeah. of alfalfa. Put it on the barbie, two and a half minutes, she's done. But uh, so this done, uh, yeah. this resort you speak of, is, can you tie into that? So can we book into the resort, go out in a couple of days, charter, stay at the resort, get our fish cooked for us, and, and there's your holiday? Or is it tied in with you guys? Yeah, it is. We can, you know, we all try and work together. Um, so they'll book us, we book them. And there's no no commissions, no nothing. We just all try and now I've try got, and get on with it and, and help each other out. I've got the best question for you, I think. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Is there beer <laughs> there? Do you have beer there? Plenty, and it's extremely cold. Oh, yes! Ten out of ten! Oh, I'm coming to Kenya. I never thought I'd ever say that in my life. I'm coming to Kenya. Oh, dear. Actually, that can be our new campaign. Yeah. Get her. He's coming to Kenya. Yeah. I'm coming to Kenya. Uh, I know what I'd do there. I'd go fishing with Rob. Let the, the, the place, uh, what's the place called? Ocean Where Shores. Ocean Shores. Ocean Sports, yeah. Ocean Sports. Sport. I'd get them to cook me fish and I'd drink their cold beer. Now, what more of it? You couldn't get a better client. No. That, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, well, cold you, beer. You, ha- you, have, you have my number now, so you're more than welcome. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So there you go. Like, Kenya. Yeah. Would you ever have thought? Absolutely not. And when you think about it, and Rob, we'll let you go. This is our last last one. Like, as I think Herb's right. How many people around the world will think Kenya is a number one or, you know, one, a, well, number one, yeah, a number one to yep. get the, the, what do you call it? The, the Grand Slam. The Grand Slam, or you can get the four, the four, Pete. How, yeah. The number one place for fishing in the world, Rob. How many people would have thought that around the world? Sorry, you broke up a bit there. I was, I was just saying, how many people would think that Kenya is a Grand Slam fishing destination? Pelagic capital. Well, you know, it's, it's what's quite amazing is between us all, the amount of regulars that we have coming back every year. You know, we've got guys that are already booked now for next next March. You know, March, wow. February, March is almost full already. Wow. Um, so those those kind of people, they 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 kind of know, and I guess they want to keep it a secret for themselves so they can get a booking every year. Yeah. Wow. See, absolutely. That out. That's crazy. But that's all. That shows you how good the fishery is. Yeah, absolutely. If people are booking a year in advance. No. That that is like. World class. Can I ask? Can I ask one then? And I we won't keep you much longer. But how is the fishing stocks? Because you know here on the Gold Coast um, and in Australia, they have certain times of the season they close it all. You look at other places around the world mm. where their stocks are, are plummeting. Do you guys really restrict the amount you take and and what you do to to keep that kind of um, you know plethora of fish? Yes. Unfortunately, I think being a being a third world country, there is no there's no policing, there's no nothing. I think the government is still issuing licenses to long lines. So yeah, it, it is. We certainly in my lifetime, I've seen it being being depleted. I think our migratory fish is still okay. 
Yeah. But our, yeah. our, you know, our reef fish, our territorial fish have been have taken a hammering, and certainly our sharks. We used to see we used to see a lot more sharks on the surface and have a lot more tuna being eaten by sharks. You know, finding them in. Well, this. But, uh, but yeah, we went. Yeah, this is interesting because we have a shark problem here. So obviously, a lot of Kenyans they take the sharks, eat them, fin them. Yeah, well, they do in South. They, um, South they do. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've stopped all that here in Australia, and, and I suppose governments have, have a big a big part in all of this sort of stuff because they give us, you know, um, bag limits and closures and all that sort of stuff. But we, our shark population is on mass at the moment and taking fish, okay. and, and they're, they're everywhere. And I think, you know, I've got some opinions on that. We won't go into that. But it's interesting to see how you're a... Like you say, third world country is to speak, but probably the the best fishing destination in one of them in the world. Uh, you've got no bag limits, you've got yeah. no closures, you've got no one policing it, but yet you've still got a good you get a good run of pelagics. Obviously, pelagics I've always said are like locusts; they come in plagues. One year they're there thick, one year they're not as thick. That's just how pelagics work. Yeah. Um. So obviously, yeah. Like, even here is yeah. It gets thin sometimes and 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 thicker some years. Yeah, 100%, and a lot due to, like, like even our, our water temperatures, you know, like like this year, the water's gone really hot, yeah, um, okay. and that makes a big difference. Last year, it was really cold, um, and I think I think off your coast, off Perth, I think the water is really hot last year, and it changes. So often off Perth, if it's, if it's cold, it's warmer here, and, and vice versa. Hence the big swirling of the Indian Ocean, I suppose. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, Rob... We really do appreciate your time. Yeah. We found it fascinating. I never, ever thought. And as I'm, we said. I'm amazed. Herbs, what is it? Coming to Kenya. I'm coming to Kenya. <laughs> I'm going to see Rob. I'm going to drink oh, the bar dry. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I'll drink me body weight and beer and catch a trio of marlin. How's that? Sounds awesome. Now, I think it was in back in uh, episode 10. Yeah. You spoke about catching prawns, how you catch it, how you throw the net, yes. what you need to do, and you actually taught a couple of people when you're out there on the water. Yes. But everyone said, okay, now we've caught them. Herb, tell us how you cook them and you store them. Well, before we get into the cooking of them, this is how I look after them because you're never going to eat eight kilo in one go. Yeah. Now, you can boil them. Bananas I don't like to boil. If you're going to boil them, do it in the water you caught it out of. So take your water Same home. as a mud crab. Same as a mud crab, exactly. I get them home green. I put them on a, an ice slurry as soon as I catch them. So ice, salt water. When I get them home, I pull them out. I chop the head off. And sometimes the poo shirt comes clean out with it. I chop the sharp bit of tail off, leave the shell on, and I just cry vac them in bags of 30, 35, or 25 prawn bodies. Yeah. So throughout the year or the months following, I can pull a bag of prawns out. I can do... Now, let's get into the cooking. All right, here we go. Now, I love prawns on a pizza. Yeah. Fresh pizza dough, pizza oven, prawns, uh, a nice, you know, whatever base you like, really. Yeah. No, uh, not cauliflower base. No. Not normal pizza base. Yeah, pizza base, but I'm talking sauce. Okay, yeah. You can do a creamy, you know, like a... A, a mayonnaise yep. sort of bottom. You can do a tomato, but I like the tomato bottom. Yeah, a few prawns, a bit of capo, maybe a little bit of onion. You can even pop a cherry tomato or two on there, 
And when I pull the pizza out, I throw a little bit of rocket over the top. Oh, so you're even going healthy. Yeah, and maybe a drizzle of uh, garlic aioli over the top of that. <laughs> and, and there you got a prawn pizza. <laughs> I, I do like... Um, Who told you that recipe? Come on. Did I you? made it up. Did you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Heidi, my missus, she's got a, a pizza oven and we do pizza nights. And, yeah, I sometimes I call her the domino. But... Um, it's fantastic. You're knocking up your own pizza. You got your own prawns there. You can put on. I love seafood pizza. Oh yeah, but you can't never get a good one. I've never had a good seafood pizza till we started making our own. Well, there's nothing like making your own pizza. Nothing like making it's, your own everything. Or spider. what about uh, seafood marinara? Yeah, oh, well, we'll get into that a different day. Well, we can do another recipe a different day on prawns. I mean, to to make your own pasta and put prawns. It's just, yeah, I will rattle off that recipe another day. But they're very good. Banana prawns are very good uh, for curries. Very good for white wine, garlic, pastas, creamy sauce or not creamy, whatever you like. Very good on pizzas. I like to crumb them, deep fry them when I'm cooking up a bit of fresh fish I've caught for the day. So you've got your own fish and chips. Yep. You know, a few prawns, crumb prawns, bit of crumb flatty, a few homemade chip wedges. You even Do you reckon them. they're attacked? Because I, you know, when you're out doing your prawning, yeah. do you reckon the prawns, because you caught your bucket, you got your limit, you're pretty happy. Yeah. Um, do you reckon they were attracted to the sausages you were cooking? Oh, I think everybody else was. <laughs> <laughs> the pack started following us. There was no prawns under us. They smell. So, yeah, I was throwing the net and on the floor of the boat I had a fry pan on a Bin Laden cooking a, uh, about six or eight bangers to chuck on a piece of bread because I was hungry. <laughs> and we That slipped. would have been the ultimate s- smell. Out there in the water, you have the smell of a barbecue or s- sausages coming across the water. You would have gone, where is this bloke? Well, you know what the best was? Once the snags were cooked and there was a little bit of oil in the bottom of the pan from the snags, a few fresh prawns went in there. Oh. And now that's Aussie, a prawn sang up, a bit of Nando's spicy mayonnaise on top. Oh my, and if you've got a bit of lettuce, chuck that on too. Fold your bread up. It's like a snag in bread. Fresh prawns in the bin laden, on the fry pan. Boom, straight in a piece of bread while we're out prawning. You can't beat that. This week, Herb, it's an Ask Me Herb, and thanks to Brendan. Now, Brendan's in Alice Springs. He says, yeah. we don't fish a lot in Alice, no. but when I get to the coast and to some of those places, yep. he absolutely loves it. But he has stepped on about five or six hawks in the boat. Do you wear shoes while in the boat? Well, that's a good question, Spider. I mean, there is nothing worse than getting a barb embedded in yourself, no matter where it is, your feet, your hands, whatever. Um, I do fish bare feet in a boat. Only, I'm not sure why. I guess I like the feel of the carpet between my toes as I'm, I don't know. Well, if you've got to jump out, it's a lot easier if you're letting in and out the boat. Definitely. But, but Crocs are the go, aren't they? Oh, or you just don't, you're a fashionista. Yeah, I, 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 I go fashion. nude feet. Yeah, I, I don't have anything on my feet while I'm fishing. I know that might sound a bit odd, but... Um, I mean, as for getting hooks in yourself, put them away. I usually have a little bucket in my boat where I put any used lure that I've changed for them to wash or any hook rigs that I've got. I put them in the bucket, put it in the corner of the boat, and then you can't stand in them. This is why I go bare feet. Okay. So it's all about your preparation. See, for me, I'm a, I'm a Crocs man. I love a pair of Crocs. They're good. They're, they're, no, they're great. Well, I've come across a new shoe, but anyway. We'll, what do you got? I got... Uh, 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 what? 
They're like a croc. They're probably a takeoff. They're the best pair of thongs I've ever worn in my life. They are therapeutic, orthopedic, and they're very comfortable thongs. Um, I still don't like to wear them on the boat. Okay. I don't know what it is. I just I just like to be barefoot out there because if you get a wet foot or I don't know, I've never worn <laughs> I've never worn shoes on a boat. I've never yeah. Well, if you you know you got to. Tip a bucket well, of water think, on the ground you, or something. You go on some of these big boats, you know, these 70, 80 footers. Oh, they and, make, the, and the first thing they ask you to do is take your shoes take off. Take your shoes off, that's right. So, And I thought it was just a custom. It's like a, 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 a Japanese or a Chinese thing. You take your shoes off when you go inside house. You take your shoes off when you get in the boat. You want to keep it clean. Okay. We don't want muddy thongs laying around the boat or anything. And if you do get your feet muddy, if you have to jump out, you can just rinse them off and keep going about your day, don't you? I, I don't know. If you've got hooks laying around your boat, I'd suggest you wear gum boots. If you don't have hooks laying around your boat, wear no shoes. Just go go for gold. Go naked, naked heels. Oh, uh, there we go. Thanks for your questions. Make sure you do hit us up if you've got any other questions of Ask Me Herb. That's all time we got this week. Next week we're actually talking to a mate of our Taz who grew up in Victoria, but now he loves inland lakes. He loves. That's all he fishes for. And we go deep, deep south to a guy by the name of Brett. In Tassie, and Ooh. he's and I know you two are going to go head to head because yes. he's a he's a cold water man. He reckons yes. that uh, the cold water fish tastes so much better than the reef fish. I know, and he's talking trumpeter over cold trout here. I'll let you have your say, but I know what my my uh, standards at, and I ain't going past. It. Yeah, you're not buying into his no, ball. No, over.